We're talking about law and gospel on this Monday, March the 9th in the year of our Lord 2020. And as is our custom, we'll be taking a look at the third Sunday in Lent. And what is the third Sunday in Lent? It's a Sunday where we take a look at not just three lessons, but actually four lessons. Now, a lot of times people believe that we just have three lessons. The Old Testament, which is Exodus 17, Romans, which is chapter 5, and the Gospel, chapter 4. So the Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel. However, what we're going to be taking a look at today is another lesson that is every Sunday, and that's the Psalm. It's Psalm 95. And when I read Psalm 95, it said something that I had to look up what God was talking about. It's a well-known psalm. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And it goes on. But then, verse 7, Psalm 95. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Then, it sounds like God begins to talk. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah as on the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So, what is God talking about? Well, what we need to do is kind of take a look at where was this place, Mirabah? Where was this place, Massa, that Psalm 95 is speaking about? Well, this was during their time in the wilderness. And during the time in the wilderness, boy, they went away from God. They began to complain about God. And that is found in the Old Testament reading for today from Exodus chapter 17. So when we take a look at Exodus 17, we find out that Mirabah was a place of strife. That's what it means. And Massa is a place of rebellion. So let's look at Exodus 17. And we'll also begin to understand why Psalm 95 in the first verse says, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So Exodus 17, Old Testament reading, 
for the third Sunday in Lent, for March the 15th. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Now, we believe that Rephidim was in the southern Sinai. And they were camping there, and they were thirsty. Verse 2 says, the people quarreled with Moses. Now, you can understand why they would do that, because, well, they were having plenty to drink in the land of Egypt. The word uh, quarrel there is what the ESV says, but the original Hebrew actually means contended, strived against, and sometimes it can mean physical. In other words, maybe beat them up. And what were they talking about? Give us water to drink, they said. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Now, the word for test there also means to tempt the Lord. And that's really kind of important because we go back to Psalm 95 when God says, when your fathers put me to the test, though they had seen my work. Now, what's God talking about? Well, he led them through the Red Sea. So one would imagine have having that experience, why would you ever doubt that God's going to take care of you? He had 10 plagues when they were in Egypt, the last one being the birth of the firstborn animal or human in a household, unless the blood of the covenant was put over the doorway. And did they forget all this? They really, as God says, they were a people who went astray in their heart. They just didn't believe God and his promises because he had promised to them that he would take care of them. I mean, how much more do you have to know about that? In fact, in the previous chapter, verse six, chapter 16, verse 4, when the people were complaining again, here's what they say, verse 3 in chapter 16 of Exodus. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So the Lord says to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Now, we know what they did. When the manna began to fell, 
some of the people took a double measure, thinking that it may not fall tomorrow, even though the Lord said it will fall every day. And of course, it became rotten overnight. Then we've got the situation where on Saturday, they went out to get it and there was no manna because God had told them to pick up a double portion on Friday. And at that point, that portion would not go rotten. So it took a while for them to follow the will of God. That's why God says they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Well, what does that mean? Once God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. That's what he means by that. And therefore, Moses is the representative of God. So he is saying, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you, in a sense, tempt the Lord? Tempt the Lord what? Not to take care of you as he promised but he doesn't break his promise. Verse three, but the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Interestingly, for them, the livestock were almost as important as the children. They had already complained about not having bread. God took care of it. Well, wasn't there anybody there who said, well, look, let's wait for God and he'll take care of our thirst also. By the way, this is a, a common problem among even Christians. Occasionally at a seminar I'll be giving to a number of Christians, I'll ask this question, who of you can think of a time when God did not answer your prayer? And a number of people put their hands up. God always answers prayer. From our point of view, he may say yes. He may say no. He may say wait. But he always answers prayer. And in fact, as I was told by one of my listeners, he always says yes. Because when you ask for something that's not promised in the Bible, you always add, if it be your will, and God says, yes, it will be my will. So he's always answering prayer. But the people don't have faith in God. They don't know his ways. They don't understand him to be a God, not of their imagination, where he will only answer their prayers when they are good enough. But he is a God who promises to answer prayer. Moses understands that they're not quarreling with Moses. They're really against God. In fact, this happens a lot of times where we you know, look at someone and blame them for our problems. We're really blaming God. It happened with Adam and Eve and their fall into sin. Where are you, Adam? Oh, I was afraid I hid myself. Did you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil I told you not to eat from? Well, the woman you 
gave to me. She caused me to sin. You see how Adam deflects the accusation against himself? And the woman does likewise. The serpent that you allowed in the Garden of Eden, he caused me to sin. Very interesting how a lot of times we blame someone or something else for our sin. This often happens when people are contemplating a divorce. They're really blaming God for the spouse that they were given. Uh, Unless, as Jesus says, it was a matter of proper uh, divorce through adultery and exclusion, etc. So, getting back to Exodus 17. So they're blaming God that he brought them out of the land of Egypt where they had plenty of water, plenty of meat, plenty of food, plenty of bread, and he's going to kill them, their children, and their livestock with thirst. So we go on to verse 4 of Exodus 17. So Moses cried to the Lord. Now, that word to cry uh, also just simply means he called upon the Lord. Uh, The Hebrew can be translated in, in that way. To cry out, to call upon, cry for help. Uh, For example, uh, there are people who have trouble bending over, and if they drop something, they need to cry out or call for help from someone to help pick it up for them. So Moses says to the Lord, and the word Lord is all in capitals in every English translation. And of course, that's the name of God that Moses was given on Mount Sinai at the burning bush. Yahweh, I am who I am. He says, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. Notice he doesn't say, what shall I do with my people? What shall I do with your people? No. What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And we pointed that out, that the word quarrel in verse 2 can also mean taking a physical attack against someone because you're so angry with them. What shall I do? They're ready to stone me. And the Lord says to Moses, pass on before the people. Now, that simply means is to go on ahead of the people, to go afar from them. In other words, go away from them, but take with you some of the elders of Israel. Remember, elders were given that would help Moses in making judgments. So, take before you some of the elders of Israel and also take thy rod or thy staff with which you struck the Nile. Now, that's really critical 
because this rod, this staff, was something that divided the waters of the Nile. It is representing the power of God. So he takes the staff, takes some elders, goes away from where the people are, and what happens in verse 6? Behold, God says, I will stand before you by the rock at Horeb. Now, that whole discussion about standing before you simply means he will remain before you. He will be present before you. And you shall strike the rock. Now, remember, we've already talked about the word rock in Psalm 95, verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And it's important to remember that in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the spiritual rock. He doesn't say, that is St. Paul, that the rock which Moses struck is Christ. He says, they ate of the same spiritual food of which we ate, and they drank of the same spiritual drink of which we drink, and so forth. So this is a good time, especially if you're having the Lord's Supper that day, to bring in the Lord's Supper, because that rock representing Jesus is also what we receive. And when he strikes the rock, God says, there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And sure enough, enough water came out of one rock, which is interesting because it took care of the thirst of the people. And we believe that there were maybe a million people. Now, this is important to remember that God does miracles and you get benefits even if you don't believe in God. The best example I can tell you is the feeding of the 5,000. Were all those believers in Jesus Christ as God, as Savior, as the Messiah? No. In fact, after he had fed them, they wanted to make him a bread king. They still didn't understand the sign which he had done before them, which showed that he was the promised Messiah who had come as John the baptizer already told them to take away the sins of the world. And so verse 7 Uh, the last one for the reading for the Old Testament. And he called the name of that place Masa. And that just simply means temptation because that was where the people were tempting God. And he called it Meribah, which is where they were in contention against God. Because, and then he explains it, because of the quarreling of the people, 
that's Masa, and because they tested the Lord, that's Meribah, by saying, now listen to this, because it isn't in the text before this. Is the Lord among us or not? Now, they didn't say that specifically, but that's how they're quarreling with Moses and the testing of God was taken because they hardened their hearts even though they had seen the work of God and they had gone astray in their heart because they didn't know the ways of God. We Christians often fall under that temptation from Satan. Is the tempter testing us the same way he did Eve and Adam? Yes. Eve said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden that's in the midst of it, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan says, you will not surely die. Instead, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. And Adam and Eve fell prey to that temptation. Because who doesn't want to be like God? Almost every time that we sin, what we're doing is we're not recognizing that the Lord is among us. So it doesn't matter what problem you have in your life, what illness, what disruption of relationships you have. You, you often find this in some churches where they're really angry at the pastor. I know some pastors who have a real difficult time with some of the members on various issues, such as close communion. Maybe their relatives come. They may even be Lutheran, but of the ELCA, which of course is hardly a Lutheran church anymore. And the pastor won't let them commune. He won't let a, a Baptist commune or a Roman Catholic. And they get really angry at the pastor. But they need to recognize that in 1 Corinthians 11, those who took the communion without understanding what was going on, guess what? Some of them got sick, some of them died. Any pastor that opens up the communion table to anybody without making sure that they are a true member of that congregation or that synod, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, or that they agree with the doctrines of that particular synod denomination, that is a pastor who is a false pastor. He has decided that God is wrong in saying that there is such a thing as close or closed communion. It's meant for those who are properly prepared for it. It'd be like a doctor giving you a jug of medicine and saying, ah, I'll drink that in the next two days without explaining to you why you need to drink it. Nobody would ever do that if they went to a doctor. He gives them a jug of medicine. They say, well, what's this for? Oh, never mind. Just go ahead. And that's what pastors who open up the Lord's Supper to everybody do. No, there is a necessity and 
the churches that I'm helping with, the four of them, make it very clear that if you're not a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you need to speak to the pastor ahead of time. And then he'll explain to you why or why not you're able to receive the Lord's Supper. That's just one example. There are many other examples that pastors come in conflict with, with congregational members. But in each case, the pastor can be assured that when they come in conflict against him and the Lord, they're really saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is a way of recognizing when you have sinned, when you doubt that the Lord is among you. Now, how is the Lord among us? Because of his promises. Every time we go to a hospital and we talk to somebody who's in a hospital bed, we always talk about why they're there and then use Bible verses that are appropriate for their situation. I don't have the same prayer for someone in the hospital about to have a baby as I would have for someone who is going in because of cancer. We use different Bible verses. And so on tomorrow's Law and Gospel, that's what we're going to be talking about as we look at the hymn, May God Bestow on Us His Grace. We'll talk about how he does that, what the word grace means, and how he bestows it. Till tomorrow, God Listen bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.